Hello and welcome to a brand new season of Pond Division, an MCU discussion podcast. I'm your host Charlie Ashby and I'm once again joined by my marvellous co-host Ash Jefferson. How's it going? It's going good. Nice. It's been a little while since we've done an episode of these um, and a lot has happened, right? Yeah. This time of the year is kind of difficult and to to record podcasts and we were both sick at one point so but we're here now you know we're <laughs> i'm still yeah if you can hear my voice you can still hear that i'm a little bit uh bunged up but we're here we're here to deliver the goods that's why we've delayed a few weeks we figured we'll do the what if approach and get a bunch of these episodes together but from now on hopefully we can get episode by episode for hawkeye but yeah, this episode will be about the first four episodes of the new show that's just come out. Um, should we talk briefly about the stuff we've missed? I'm trying to think, because the last thing we did was obviously the What If finale, mm-hmm. which was delayed in itself. So there was a bunch of stuff that's happened in between. There was that like Disney Plus Day stuff. Yeah. We had a look at She-Hulk, which looks great. I'm very excited for that. And Moon Knight, um, which... <laughs> I thought it looks really cool. And what was the other one? I can't remember. What was the other stuff that came out? There was an announcement of an Echo show, which now that I've seen Echo in action, uh, I'm yeah. very excited for. Yeah, the Echo show we know is coming. We've got, yeah, She-Hulk, uh, Moon Knight, The Marvels. Uh, no, sorry, Miss Marvel. Um mm-hmm. There was a lot of like Miss Marvel drama that happened because people found out some plot elements of it and were like, what the hell is this? Was that? Yeah. Oh, in regard to her powers. Yeah, 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 that. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Yeah, that was a little bit. <laughs> who, who gives a shit? <laughs> yeah, I didn't care. I was like, whatever. She wasn't going to be an inhuman. Like. <laughs> no. Clearly, they were like, they're never touching the Inhumans again. And if um, you think, like, I appreciate that, obviously, Kamala is such an important character in terms of, you know, being the first, like, Muslim superhero in the MCU, I think, right? Yeah. I could be wrong there. Um, it's, I don't know, a lot of representation and importance there's there. Of, there's lots of good things going for it, I think, that kind of dismissing it outright is a little unfair. And, um, like, I, I appreciate people like, oh, well, this goes against the comic book. I'm like, have you seen any MCU property? They've all changed the, from the source material. There's no yeah. way you can 100% do the source material. It's just impossible. Yeah, and sometimes they, I guess we can talk about Kate Bishop a little bit and, like, my issues with the MCU version of the character. Uh, and sometimes they get it, they knock it out of the park and it's actually, I think, a lot more, like, palatable. And then sometimes it's like, I don't like how you changed that. Um, but for the most part, I think it's going to be okay. And I'm excited for all these new shows. Um, and I like that Bruce Banner is going to be in the She-Hulk show because I wasn't 
sure if he was. Uh, and Hulk. And Hulk, yeah. Yeah, so I'm excited, I think. And that little that little bit of, like, where it looks like they're doing, like, a 70s law, at, like, 70s law firm advert looks great. <laughs> okay, l- listen. You have to understand how mine, like, you know, like, I'm excited for She-Hulk. I love the character. Um, I love delving more into Hulk's law. Um, literally. That's <laughs> um, a law joke. Um, I am so excited to sort of see more of his Bruce Banner. But if anyone knows me, growing up, we obviously, of course, didn't have that much live action stuff. I've never, and I continue to this day, I've never seen the 2003 Hulk film. Neither have I. Everyone loved that film. Everyone at school was talking about that film. I was the person watching The Incredible Hulk 80s show on repeat. And there was like a time in my life where I once saw a VHS box set of The Incredible Hulk and was depressed that I couldn't buy it. <laughs> and it's like, like, I don't know, it's ingrained in my soul about that show. It means a lot to me. It's like one of those... Mm-hmm. Um, if it wasn't for that, there wouldn't be, I don't think, the stuff we got today in terms of like Marvel content. And I yes, think what's sure. cool about it is that obviously in the MCU, we know that they've implemented parts of that show before. Like, the Incredible Hulk is filled with imagery and sound effects from that uh, original program. Like the whole opening sequence is pretty much the same as the TV mm-hmm. show. Yeah. Uh, they use The Lonely Man, which I love, and I hope they use that again. Um, and they. That 70s shot, which I'm assuming from my point of view is a clever advertisement for uh, Jennifer's Law. Yeah, yeah, that was the that was the vibe I got for sure. Yeah. So Mark Ruffalo is straight up wearing like Bill Brixby like outfit, mm-hmm. and I was like, that is so cool. And then she says the line. She says the line, and I was the like, the line you know that what? they haven't they haven't had Hulk say in the MCU no. so far. I was like, God damn, this is good. Yeah, I was sold. And apparently Jessica Jones is going to be in it. And that's, you know, you know me. That's all I need in life. It's just... (laughs) Sold. Um, Yeah, the other stuff that was announced, obviously we got Moon Knight, She-Hulk, Secret Invasion, Miss Marvel, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, Ironheart, Armor Wars, uh, Untitled Wakanda series. And then the new stuff we found out about was... Of course, we've got Loki Season 2, we knew about that. What If Season 2, we knew about that. Echo, we, there was rumours about, but that was confirmed. Agatha House of Darkness, uh, of Harkness was confirmed. That, is- that, that's one where I'm like, I am intrigued, but what are you going to do with that? <laughs> like, I'm just shooting his backstory. Yeah, I think Catherine Hahn's um, Agatha Harkness is, like, one of the best things the MCU has ever done. Uh, so I can't wait. I'm really excited. Um, we do this often. We do this. We talk about this often, this point. And, but I feel like it's, it keeps being pushed to it. it. It's extreme. We talk about how, could you ever imagine an Avengers movie? No. Could you imagine ever telling yourself, oh, one day we'll see the Avengers and Spider-Man be together? No. We're at the point now where, like, could you imagine that Agatha Harkness has her own show? <laughs> yeah, no, like, go back to 20, 2015 Ash, who just walked out of Age of Ultron for the first time, and uh, tell them, hey, uh, in in a few years, we're going to get a 
uh, Vision and Scarlet Witch show and a Agatha Harkness spinoff show. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous. I love Marvel. <laughs> and then we have one that surprised me, Marvel Zombies. Yeah, I'm not. I I don't care. <laughs> oh, I'm saying I'm for that. I don't like zombie things, and I think Marvel Zombies is dumb. Um, and I, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that's the one where I was like, okay. <laughs> See, it, for me, if it's continuing the adventures that we saw with those characters in that special, I'm I'm down with that. Yeah, no, I'm yes that that premise I'm okay with, right? Like if like I could be pleasantly surprised. I just don't like zombie things, but you're still not over the whole uh, Janet calls this. No, I'm forever bitter that <laughs> they made it Janet's fault. Janet Van Dyne has done nothing wrong ever in her life. <laughs> uh, the other stuff we have following on from that, and the one that was announced that I'm actually, I think, the most excited for when it when it comes to like the new announced stuff, is the Spider-Man freshman year. Yeah, that sounds really interesting to me. Because... There was rumours for a little bit, especially when this was coming out. And I think Tom did a GQ article where he was like, uh, if I'm Spider-Man when I'm time in 30, uh, I've done something wrong. Which I'm sure is just him being like flippant and British. And then when you read it, it sounds like serious. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, damn. I was worried. It's like, is he going to die in this film coming up? Like, oh, I don't know how I feel about that. Like, I don't know. I just, I hope they don't kick him out of the MCU sort of thing. Like, I want the story to continue. And then I read a rumor. I was like, "Hmm, that'd be interesting," but I don't know because I was like, "Spider-Man Freshman Home, like, uh, Freshman Year." I was like, "Well, we know that the X-Men show, which they also announced coming back, the continuation of the classic." Yeah, that too. I for- completely forgot about that. X-Men '92. I that <laughs> crazy, <laughs> that, breaks, right? that breaks my brain. I love the X-Men animated series so much. That, that was, was in- that one was interesting to me because. It's Marvel Studios are doing it, and I know that Marvel Studios is now in charge of generally everything, and they have the animation department set up. It's really interesting that this is the first X Men project they're doing. Yeah, it's the first. I think it's the first non MCU project that they've done for a while, at least with the, with the Marvel Studios like banner on it. That um, makes me excited, though. That we could yeah. potentially get more stuff like that that's outside of the confines of the MCU, you know? Like, if they're going to go full hog, bring back all those shows that were connected to the X-Men. Like, bring out the Spider-Man 90s show. Bring back... I mean, it makes sense that the... Because I think the X-Men one is the best one. And, and it's definitely the most popular one. So I think it makes a lot of sense to um, have the X-Men one be the they're kind of like te- have x-men 92 be their kind of test case i guess yeah i'm biased i always prefer the spider-man one um x-men's good with all the um you know like teaching kids about all this like cool moral dilemmas but i was all about the x-men cartoon as a kid but that in have... that in x-men evolution which is a show that i love very very much um, but you didn't have spider-man go I will chase you to the ends of the earth, Shocker! <laughs> Which, you know, the best stuff. Best stuff there. So yeah, I was really excited about that because the freshman year, of course, it's the idea is that it's going to be bridging the trilogies. 
There's the rumor I heard that there's going to be another trilogy. And then recently, the news, well, I mean, Pascal was just saying that they're going to do another trilogy. So, looks like that might be true. I mean, I'm down for any, you know, Spider-Man content that we get in the future. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and I, I'm really excited about that. I'm I'm excited about pretty much all the projects. The only one I'm kind of like skeptical of is Moon Knight because I am like one of the five people that didn't enjoy that Moon Knight miniseries. <laughs> um, well, the, the teaser or the comic? The comic, the Moon Knight okay. like comic. Um, oh, which one? The because there's been a few, obviously. Oh God, did Ellis write it? Who wrote it? I don't. Remember. Oh, the Ellis one, the first one, like the, yeah. the 2014. Really. Yeah. I know, obviously, Richard Spencer is a piece of shit, but um, I really like that book. Yeah, I know, I, I know, I know. It was like very, very well reviewed. It did not, it clicked, it did not click with me. Um, and I think there is a potentially dangerous line that you're walking when you do a story like that in portray- uh, in terms of portraying someone with like serious mental illness that rubs me the wrong way a little bit. Um, but I haven't seen the show, so I can't comment on their handling of the situation or whatever. Um, yeah, no, I'm 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 very excited for all of it. <laughs> even Moon Knight looks interesting, even though Oscar Isaac's accent, <laughs> at least the one he's using in the trailer, I'm like, oh no, honey, no! Why did they make you do this? <laughs> What's wrong with his accent? <laughs> chim chimney, chim chimney, chim chim tree. I did. My name is Moon Knight. I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it's something. I'll say that. As you say, he says something like, um, "Not in my wildest dreams, I could cl- climb up the chimney and sweep it out." <laughs> Where's me white costume? I've got to fight for Kushnu. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's, it's it's something. But I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be yeah. really cool to see what he does with that. I'm um, super, super excited for Echo for multiple reasons. Yeah, Echo. Um, yeah, and speaking of Echo, yeah, we should probably talk about the show that Echo uh, has appeared in. <laughs> yeah, I was going to quickly just wrap up with one more thing, which is that there is yeah. another holiday. It's supposed to be a holiday spe- special, at least, or like a Halloween special that they're going to do, which is a werewolf at night. Uh, werewolf by night, sorry. Mm-hmm. Which would be interesting to see where they go with that, but yeah, I think that's pretty much all we had in terms of the Disney Plus news. Of course, Eternals came out. Don't know if we talked. I don't. Know, don't know if we talked. That dropped between what if or not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't think we talked about that. Have you seen Eternals? I have not seen Eternals yet. No, I did. And I again, I was like one of the only people I think that was not super impressed with it. But that's going to have to be a topic for another day. I think. Oh yeah, we'll, we'll get. Not- we'll- We'll get yeah, to, obviously, we've missed out uh, Shang-Chi and Eternals. Uh, Shang-Chi is available on Disney Plus now, so I'll be able to watch it. And Eternals comes out on my birthday, so I'll be able to watch that. And we'll get to that at some point. Uh, I do apologize that we're not going strictly in chronological order, but you blame the multiverse, blame... I just blame... Just blame Kang the Conqueror. It's, it's all yeah. his fault. Yeah. Someone has to. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, well, what we'll do is... We'll get this out at some point. We'll do the Spider-Man special, of course, as well. Um, I'll be watching it this upcoming week. And, yeah, let's see. Yeah, I imagine we're definitely going to be talking about Spider-Man. <laughs> like, no offense that, yeah, Spider-Man's my favorite, so we're going to be... Yeah, mostly because I don't think it. either of us would be able to physically, like, 
Refrain contain, myself. Yeah, here. contain ourselves if we didn't talk about it on the show. I could spend an hour talking about just the costume they've released of him with like the purple. Oh god, the green it's and the so purple. So good. <laughs> Wanna cry? But- that episode is probably just going to be a solid, like, two hours of us just being like, but did you see the Green Goblin mask? <laughs> did you see that? Before we go, did you see that one clip, that just tied into Hawkeye, that they released? No, I didn't. So they, they showed, like, a basically, like, a longer version, like, the opening scene in the movie they've released, and it's pretty much the ending of the th- last film, but, like, mm-hmm. the immediate aftermath as well. And you see Peter pick up MJ and swing away, and the people are like, "Hey, you moved mysterious or thing." And as they're swinging through the city, you see a billboard. Guess what the billboard has on it? Is it Oscorp or what? Is, what is it? Rogers the musical. Oh God! <laughs> so good. I love it. I love it. Ah, so speaking of speaking of Hawkeye, we should probably talk about Hawkeye. Yeah. What a show so far, hey? Yeah, I've actually been really enjoying it. I was definitely skeptical, for sure, coming into it, because uh, the Fraction Hawkeye run is something that is very, very important to me. Um, And I was very worried about, you know, how they would adapt certain aspects of things in the comics. And I think, for the most part, they've done a really good job capturing the feel of that book. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the key thing. I think people yeah. who are going in assuming it's going to be a straight adaptation, you're foolish. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, that it was, was never going to happen. Yeah, yeah it's never going to be that. But I think the fundamental elements of that series, the humor mixed with the emotion, uh, the friendship between Kate and Clint, and the the ground level stakes of it all, I think it's done really well, and I think the series has really surprised me as well. I feel like this might be one of my top series of the MCU so far. Yeah, no, for sure. I really love the... I love street-level Marvel stuff because the stakes are so, like, comparatively low, but the personal stakes are always really high, right? Yeah. And I think what's interesting is that this is technically... Well, I guess you can count Spider-Man, but this is technically the first look at what the mcu ground level stuff will be like which for yeah. me was concerning because even though i love the mcu like it does have a we had never really seen that yet i don't think yeah and i mean even in things like daredevil and jessica jones those are very kind of different things i think yeah and i, I, and I don't think i could class them as mcu anymore really no like, i don't i think i think that stuff is all getting they're gonna take the best bits of it and ask you to forget about the worst parts of it you know exactly and i think that's what's interesting about this because it's like what do they take in terms of spiritually from those shows what they leave behind like what's the perfect formula and i think surprisingly and i shouldn't be surprised is it's like the comics it's the perfect blend you got yeah um, i it doesn't have as much as I love. I mean, I've talked extensively about how Alias is my favorite comic book ever, uh, which is the just the first Jessica Jones series. For those of you who don't know, um, but there is something about the Netflix Marvel shows where they have this hyper intense, almost uncomfortable violence yeah. sometimes, which is not here, and I think is not indicative of most of my favorite like Daredevil stories or whatever. 
you know. and I think yeah, I think it's the, but I think it's like the they blend. suck all the they suck all the fun out of it. I think in the, in the Netflix one, or they have the tendency to suck all the fun out of it. I think, yeah. especially, I mean, Jessica Jones is just like miserable. I mean, the entire series is is you know the awful things that happen to Jessica, and it never gets to the point where like she decides to turn her life around <laughs> and yeah. like, becomes a positive person. Uh, and has like the kid and and tries to like fix you know move on and become a you know work through this trauma um so this was actually really exciting to see because it does have a layer of like grit to it there is definitely violence there is but it is that comic book it's not kingpin shoving somebody's head in a door you know yet which like i'm just not those are not things that i am super there's a difference between like bullseye killing karen page in the comics and kingpin slamming and this is all personal preference of course it's just i feel like the hyper violent stuff kind of got too much at a certain point with the netflix stuff I don't so know. you you want to see you want to see karen page be a prostitute is murdered in the MCU. That's no, that's not what I'm saying. That- <laughs> I'm sorry, that's my journalist coming out. <laughs> that's the episode title. I'm just saying it's different. <laughs> no, it's not the episode title. And and I'm just saying it's different than like that scene of Kingpin slamming somebody's head in a car door. You know? <laughs> yeah. I think you're right. I th- but I think that if I were to disagree in a little regard... I think it's less the violence and more the balance because yeah, there is no, humorous yeah. elements in Daredevil. But I think what Hawkeye does really well is that fundamentally, like it doesn't shun away from the violence. Like I think this is the first time. Correct me if I'm wrong. We see, yeah. I, I, sorry, I, I stand corrected, doggy. Um, <laughs> no, I I think this is the first time we actually see straight up blood in the MCU. Like like. To, the, to this extent, I think I think you're right. That shot in episode two when Hawkeye's out the window, or episode three, sorry, and you just the slice and the the window's covered with blood. I was like, that's pretty heavy. No, and I don't mean to say that like Daredevil is it's bad or anything because no, of no, the no, no, no. violence. Again, it's like it's, but I do think that Daredevil is a bad example because I think Daredevil's the only one that actually does this right. Um. Je- like the shows like Jessica Jones and Luke Cage in particular, I feel like do not have a good balance of between like the <laughs> the like moments where we actually get to see them being human beings outside of the situation that they're in, and that's that's what I really like about Hawkeye is they're in this messed up situation, but Kate Bishop is still like giving Clint shit for his costume. Yeah, and, and that, you know, that's like, what I'm saying. And they're having a Christmas movie marathon. Yeah. Yeah, it's less that you're like, it's less disagreeing with you about the Netflix shows. It's just that the Netflix shows, fundamentally, by their the nature of their boxing approach, is has to be a certain way. And I think, yeah. the, ironically, I think that the way I would approach this stuff, the way I like this stuff to be approached, is mentioned in the show itself. And the Netflix shows are kind of mocked in this show. I don't know if you called that. I did which is uh, the conversation that Kate and Clint have in the coffee shop. And they're saying stuff like, uh, the oh no, it's either that or when they're walking the dog in Times Square. And she's like, the world doesn't need morose and seriousness. And like, it needs a bit of that color and kindness and yeah. inspiration. Like, 
the idea of like using Hawkeye and the sort of the MCU's reluctance to be more colorful and outgoing and comic booky to, as compared to where we are now with like you know Wonder Woman costume yeah. and you're right. It's almost like they're saying like we're in like a different kind of era now. Yeah. And like I said, if Jessica Jones shows up in She-Hulk, and the thing that we is already pretty much confirmed for No Way Home with a certain character making an appearance, you do, I think, have to adapt those characters to fit into the Marvel, into the MCU. And they will. And they, they will. No, for sure. No, like, things are going to be changed and retconned, and they can just excuse it away with, like, ah, multiverse. Like, <laughs> you know? Like, exactly, yeah. And it doesn't make me mad or anything. I think those Netflix shows were made at a different time with a different set of things they were trying to accomplish, and, you know, now things are different. Um, and yeah, those characters deserve to kind of be back into the fold of the major kind of MCU stuff. Um, but that, saying, that being said, though, I, I was shocked in terms of like, I thought that the balance was pretty good in terms of, yes, it's still silly and um, down to work. Felt very much like the Hawkeye comic, like the perfect yeah. blend. But also it was pretty dark and pretty serious and pretty adulty. There- the swearing, I thought was pretty, like, there's a lot of shits in this show. Um which just makes it feel actually realistic because that's how adults talk. Yeah, <laughs> you know? and kids. Let's be honest. Like um, actual adult humans don't say we're going to Scooby Doo this crap. You know, <laughs> like, I, I I think the lines I think the lines going to be different in the movie, but like <laughs> that that line threw me so off. Uh, which is a line in No Way Home. Let's Scooby Doo this crap. We're going to Scooby Doo this crap. I don't know. I'd uh, say it. <laughs> I feel like neither of us are good bases for what actual <laughs> humans say. Yeah, what actual humans say. Some dirt in his eye. Yeah, like I, I just think what they did was really clever in terms of the balance of these characters and the nature of it all. Uh, I really, really love uh, Kate and Clint's relationship. I think yes. they're a perfect a sort of metaphor for the show. And that whole nature of itself, like the whole dark and broody versus uh, happy-go-lucky and fun, and how they both realise, presumably at the end of the series, that they actually need each other, and that the perfect answer to that is the blend. You need both. You need to have a bit more morose, you need to have a little bit of, you know, sensibility around it, but also you have to be a bit more open and happy-go-lucky and a bit more colourful, not just depressing. I think the thing that I... um really liked because and the thing i was kind of concerned about i thought that they were just gonna make kate because the advertisements and like interviews before the show came out made it sound like kate's like this hawkeye fan girl which i don't think is necessarily true and we could talk about the changes to um kate's backstory and that actually that's the one thing the show has done that made me genuinely upset um but I don't think when I hear like Hawkeye fangirl, that's not what Kate is. Like Kate, I was afraid that it was like one of the best elements of the Hawkeye comic, the 2012 Fraction run, is Clint teaches Kate things, but Kate also teaches Clint a lot about himself. Yeah. And that was the thing that I was afraid they weren't gonna adapt. That they were just going to make it a straight like mentor mentee story, but no, this actually this this show has actually shown that like no, Clint has things to learn from Kate. Kate has Jeez. insight, you know that that is actually good, um, and bringing that positive edge into his life is good for him. You know, 
and yeah, what it kind and of I, needs right now. And I, I agree. Like, I think Kate is a fangirl, and that's not a bad thing. I think that's good. Um, but you're right. It's not a one-way street relationship. She teaches him stuff, and he needs to learn this stuff. And I think that's an ongoing theme for this phase we talked about before. It's not just... Uh, it's not just legacy. It's not like, I'm Hawkeye. Here's a bow and arrow. You're Hawkeye now. Goodbye. It's, oh, you're teaching me stuff. Like, I haven't fully healed about this stuff. Like, Wanda needs to learn more about herself. While also yeah. introducing the next generation, uh, Falcon, uh, all these characters, they are going through something. We'll see it in Spider-Man, I'm, I'm sure, if the rumors are true. We'll see other characters tell Peter their own stories and help yeah, inspire and- and I like that Kate has the edge she has in the comics. Because one of my favorite things about the original Young Avengers run, which introduces Kate Bishop, um, is the Young Avengers basically form and the Avengers proper tell them, no, like, you're too young, you can't do this. And Kate basically walks up to Captain America and tells him to go fuck himself and that she's going to do it anyway. <laughs> and um, Jessica Jones ends up giving uh kate clint's bow because clint is dead at the, dead in this point of the comics um and says you know the only other person who stood up to captain america like that was hawkeye and then gives her clint clint barton's bow uh and it's a, that's like a big moment and kate has always been like that kate has always been a little shit she's always like stuck her nose in things that were probably best if she didn't she you know like that's that element of kate bishop i'm glad is still there i do want to talk a little bit though about um the backstory change okay kate. this is interesting i i didn't know you were yeah, yeah tell me this this is the only thing that's made me genuinely upset about this show um so for those of you who don't know i'm actually gonna put like a like a um a content warning for sexual assault here um so oh. if if that's something that you're you you can't uh you can't uh hear um then that's fine go you know either skip this part like 10 minutes or just exit out take care of yourself um kate's backstory in the comics is she is sexually assaulted in a park uh and she becomes hawkeye and learns how to defend herself and archery and learns archery as a way to kind of take her power back uh, and then she eventually becomes, you know, a superhero, Hawkeye. Um, the MCU did not do this. <laughs> the MCU made it so that she is rescued by Haw- like Clint Barton in the Battle of New York in 2012. And um, is... So she she's rescued by Clint Barton and then admires him so much that she learns archery and martial arts and stuff like that. And I think that is... Um, I, I I am really upset <laughs> uh, because as a victim of sexual assault or a sexual assault survivor, uh, having that character have that backstory was really important to not only me, but to a lot of different people. And her connection with Jessica Jones is something that, because Jessica Jones, of course, for those of you who don't know, also has a history of uh, uh, sexual assault. Um, and it, 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 it just made me upset. <laughs> that they purposely cut that out. Um, and it is possible that this is something they could introduce in the future. Uh, not that I'm saying I want Kate Bishop to be sexually assaulted. I don't want anybody to like think that's what I'm 
trying to say. But I do think removing those pieces from her backstory takes away an element that um, a lot of people connected with, myself included. And that was really important to a lot of people. And I think portraying sexual assault survivors in that they can be a superhero too is really important. Uh, and I just think it cheapens her her story a lot to make it that she, you know, just admires Hawkeye a lot. Okay, yeah, I see that. Um, of course, I can't talk because I am not a sexual assault a sci- a survivor. So, like, I'm not going to be like, well, you're wrong. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Like, no one would ever do that. Um, and just in case, warning for everyone, I will put, like, information on the podcast. Um noting the times and stuff for people who want to skip forward um but yeah it's interesting i i get i get your point um there's there's nothing i can say but like well you're wrong because technically um in the terms of storytelling like uh, no no one can say like that's wrong because of your own connection to the story Uh, for me personally like I guess we don't necessarily know that didn't happen, like you were saying. Um, she definitely hasn't told Hawkeye the story yet. So there's a chance there might be more information that we don't know. That might be yeah. one of the reasons why she hasn't talked about it. Um, and she doesn't talk about it. The only person she tells in the comics is Jessica Jones. So it's entirely possible that she just doesn't mention it happened till later with yeah. somebody that's not Clint Barton. Um, but as it stands right now, I just wanted to point that out and how kind of disappointed I was in that. That's fair. I think in terms of the actual, like, recalibration of the story, I'm not too bothered about the connection to Clint Barton. I know you're saying what you're saying, like, and I, I know how it appears, like, a connection to a, a guy. I think for Kate, it's more of, like, the every person, like, the human element of it, like, oh, I can stand up for myself. So I really do, I did appreciate that. And like you were saying, like it'd be different if he just saved her. Then later on, she's like, "I need your help. Tell, tell me to be good." And he's like, "Here you go. Now you are good." It's more yeah. of a she's inspired by that act of bravery from this random person, and then still teaches him things that he doesn't know, which I think is really cool. And um, there are parts of the comics, like you said, where. They, they've swapped it around, which in a way that I don't think is... Because those people are like, well, in the comics, that's not how it happened. I'm like, well, in the comics, fucking, you know, weird shit happens in the comics. But I think it has to be like the comics. That's the difference between this It would stuff. work. I mean, Kate's not there yet. And the, the thing the I'm talking fraction... about is, is the boomerang sequence, where they're talking about oh, the boomerang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's like yeah, straight yeah. up reversed. I was like, but that works still. Because of the no, characters. it works. Yeah, again, Kate is not the the difference. The main difference, like between this and the Fraction Hawkeye, and why straight adapting the Fraction Hawkeye wouldn't work, is because Kate had already been Hawkeye for like ten years. Is by the point, it's like ten years of real lifetime. By the time that that Matt Fraction Hawkeye book came out, and he's divorced, just, right, Clint? Yeah, and we are just getting introduced to Kate. So there are certain elements of the story that don't work but again i think they maintain the integrity of that character in the sense that like she gives clint shit she has things to teach clint and she's not like straight like fawning over hawkeye or anything and i yeah and i think what's interesting is that 
we have to remember that hotness is a show, a show not just for Kate, it's a show for Clint too. Mm-hmm. And I know that people don't like his character in the MCU, I do. Um, and I think the show's done a really great job at sort of re- rehabilitating some of those elements. Um, and I think what's really interesting is that he's so aware of what he's done and open, and he's not shrugging it off. He's not being like, oh, well, this is not going to, you know, this isn't not going to work out well. And I think what's really cool is that they actually are healing each other. And one of my favorite elements of the show is something that I was hoping they were going to dive into, but I wasn't sure exactly. And that's his trauma when it comes to Natasha. Yeah. And how, like, Kate, like him getting close to Kate, like he doesn't want her to fall down like Natasha did. And there's a, like, really sort of shock painful line that Eleanor gives him. Like, Natasha Romanoff was good at her job. She died. Yeah. And you can't be like, well, yeah, she sacrificed herself. It's like, no. It's, you know, he knows that. And he, the guilt you see in his eyes is just so heartbreaking, because it is his friend. And and when he's talking about that, uh, when they're having that conversation, and he's like, the best shot I took was the one I didn't take. Yeah. There's actually a really interesting parallel there with Yelena later in that episode too I think mm, there, cool. is. there is Kate doesn't shoot Yelena um, I don't know I, I hope they'll become friends in the MCU that'd be nice I'm sure they will yeah I think I think that'd be amazing um, yeah I this is actually one of the this is like the first time I've ever been genuinely interested in Clint Barton uh, in the MCU <laughs> <laughs> He, I think he's Jeremy Renner. Like, I know people don't like him. I think for very valid reasons. Like, yeah. By the way, I'm not completely, real, I'm under, not... completely understandable reasons. Let's just make that clear. But yeah, it's Ash. Come on, jokingly throw me under the bus. Go on, just say it. Charlie Ashby, <laughs> defender, of defender Jeremy of Jeremy Renner. Guys, the app was really good. Okay, did you download Jeremy Renner's app? <laughs> download it. I'm deleted it. Just stare at his face every day. <laughs> um, no, I I think to his credit in the show as an actor, um, he's had a really great performance. That scene with the phone broke my heart. Yeah, with Nathaniel, it's like oh yeah. We need to we need to talk about we finally have Def Clint Barton. Yeah, which is huge. And very well done, I think. No, yeah. So there's, so for those of you who don't know, I mentioned on the show before. I'm a hard of hearing individual who wears hearing aids, um, and that's partially why that Hawkeye comic is very important to me for a lot of different reasons. But that scene with the phone was really great, and also the one where he takes out his hearing aids in the musical, <laughs> <laughs> because I do that shit all the time and, and that, the fact that he was like you need to walk on this side of the road because i can't hear you if you walk on the other side of the road i was like this is what it's actually like this yeah. <laughs> you know um sorry i just had to i had to gush about that for a second because it's about damn time that we've had death clint death clint barton but... and i think what i appreciate like you were just saying is that it isn't a token representation it isn't like I am deaf, I can't hear, and feel bad for me. It's, like, like he jokes about it. Like, there's a really funny scene where uh, Kate says, luckily they didn't call you Hawkeye instead of Hawkeye. 
Yeah. Uh, there's yeah, like it, it's tongue in cheek, and like like, like saying like it's what people actually do in real life. Like yeah, turning, if you have, turning if it off. Because if you have a disability and you're friends with somebody, your friends are gonna make fun. Like, <laughs> you know, like that's one of the things that I've never really felt is authentic in a lot of like portrayals of people with a disability, where people are walking around eggshells. I'm like my friends give me shit for my hearing all the time. Yeah, because like, it's, it's not. A th- it is a defining thing for people, but it isn't defining at the same time. It's yeah, it's just a thing in my life, you know. It's the same as you'd make fun of someone who is like a bad haircut that you're friends with. Yeah. No. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I thought. I, <laughs> How I don't dare know. you, Charlie? <laughs> My hair is and lovely. The fact that Echo is being played by an actual deaf native actress, which is like the bare minimum, but it's not what you—it's <laughs> not what you expect, you know, them to do. Um, and she um, has a disability of her leg, and they decide yeah. rather than just be like, you know, whatever, they wrote it into the character. Yeah, she has a she has a, a prosthetic leg. Which is really um, awesome. That whole I mean, Echo is one of those standout characters for me who I don't know that much from the comics. Mm-hmm. Um But as soon as I saw her on screen, she sold it to me. That whole sequence, that beginning of episode three. Mm-hmm. Mind blowing. The actor that plays her dad. Absolutely he's in it for what, five minutes? Yeah. Broke my soul. Absolutely kills it, yeah. And I'm super excited to see more of Echo. Yeah. Um, and I love that there is not a single comment from anybody about the fact that she's deaf. She walks out, like, it characters, not people, because people mm-hmm. are going to be assholes no matter what. But she just walks out and she is signing and has an interpreter and it's no big deal. And that's huge, you know? Yeah. There's nobody there to be like, oh, she's deaf? How is she leading a gang if she's deaf? You know, like that kind of thing. Um, which happens a lot with like disability stuff. And audiences, uh, I think, haven't really been like, how is this possible? No, I think people are like, wow, she's badass. At least the things that I've seen. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Genuinely, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's amazing. I... I cannot wait to see more of her. But also, like, speaking of Echo showing up, you know, we get Echo's kind of backstory in episode three. I feel like we need to talk about a certain a certain jacket sleeve that was in that episode. <laughs> I mean, we have to, right? That was Kingpin! <laughs> so, if, you, if you've read Amazing... Well, no, not Amazing. I think it was Journey into Mystery 64. You know the famous uh, villain Jacket Man. And they've finally introduced Jacket Man into the MCU. I'm very uh-huh. excited to see Jacket Man. Um, or it could be Kingpin. You know, There's, th- that's also an option. That's that seems ridiculous. Uh, yeah, why would they? <laughs> <laughs> I cannot believe they were not subtle at all. I was like, who else could that be? <laughs> Vincent D'Onofrio chuckle dot mp3. Yeah, right. Like. The sec like I had heard rumors that he was gonna be in it, and I kind of took him with a grain of salt as I do a lot of these things. But uh, the second I saw that sh- that that sleeve, I was like, "That's fucking Kingpin." They're not even subtle. Well, and they're the like, un- they keep mentioning like their boss and uncle and all this stuff. I'm like, of course it's Kingpin. <laughs> Look, we're biased though because we have talked about this, right? Yeah, no, for sure. And so there's we- some people that there's some people that didn't know this quite frankly. 
No, there's some people but, that are going to be really surprised that I'm excited for them. You no, know? But, no, but my point is the jacket sleeve, you know, maybe some people don't realize that. The laugh, you know, take it or leave it. The name of the bike store <laughs> is Fat Man. <laughs> Come on. It's fucking Kingpin. It's, I, I. Yeah. It's it's Wilson Fisk. It's so good. And I'm so excited because Wilson Fisk is like the bad guy of the street level heroes. You know, like. Yeah. So introducing him in this is is. And it's Vincent D'Onofrio. Come on, let's just throw this out of the yeah. way. Let's just talk about. It. Let's just geek out because. You know, and it's gonna. It's I. I imagine that we're gonna get more Yelena stuff this week and next week because there's only two more episodes, right? Have you seen the trailer? Uh, I have. Yeah. Um, hi. Hi. <laughs> I love her. I love her so much. Very um. So I'm very. Ex- I'm very excited about like. Kate and Yelena meeting because I think their personalities will be extremely complementary towards one inch- uh, towards each other, um, and the f- I think we're probably going to get you know some kind of uh, Yelena, you know, new Hawkeye and new Black Widow fighting with old Hawkeye Kingpin kind of thing. I think that'd be amazing. and that's dead body. That's reanimated corpse. <laughs> they just weekend. They weekend Bernie's it, you know. <laughs> She's in the post though. Still, God. They pose no, her. but I feel. I feel like there's probably going to be a moment. I feel like this series is going to end with Clint like passing the torch and being like, "I'm retiring. You're Hawkeye now." I um, think the opposite. I don't know. I mean, like it's. I think he's going to head up West Side, uh, West Coast Adventures. I think Kate's probably going to do that. I don't know. I don't. I could be wrong. I don't think Jeremy Renner is going to be in the MCU after this. I think he will. I think he's one of those people that is like Chris Hemsworth. Where it's like oh, I don't give a shit. Maybe I don't know, but I guess we'll see. I kind of don't want him to be in the MCU after this, to be honest, because Jeremy Renner is kind of a scumbag, and I don't think he deserves to. <laughs> you know, keep getting paid to be Hawkeye, but um, when Kate Bishop is right there and could do a damn fine job herself. But I think there definitely is going to be a moment of Yelena becoming new Black Widow and Kate becoming quote unquote new Hawkeye. Yeah, I just think we're jumping in the gun a bit too far in terms of some stories because, like, there's the Val of it all for a start. So I feel like Yelena has to have a little, little bit of an arc before we get the full-on new Avengers. Um, you know, we we'll probably won't even get like a full. I'm just meaning like a hint, like a taste. Oh no, I know? get no, I get you. Like I feel like we're definitely going to see like them work together, and they're going to be in a new Black Eye, uh, Black Eye, Black Widow, and Hawkeye. But it will be interesting to see what they do. I don't think Hawkeye will be going. Isn't Clint Barton? I hope he doesn't. I like the character in the MCU, so I'm hoping that he sticks around a little bit more. Uh, the 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 ground hero stuff. I'm interested to see where that develops because you know if Kate goes off to California, New York needs some heroes to look after it. Um, some horny heroes, if you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> Jessica Jones, and <laughs> Luke Cage. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think what's interesting is seeing where they go of that. 
Uh, I mean, Kevin Feige straight up just said that Charlie Cox is back as Daredevil, which was, which was funny. No, for sure. Yeah, no, I think at this point he's like, I'm done. I'm done trying to pretend that this isn't happening. <laughs> if we were to get Daredevil back at some magical point, it would be Charlie Cox. I'm like, oh yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, fucking Vincent D'Onofrio being like, Hawkeye is very good. <laughs> It's yeah, it's one of those things where I'm like, I'm really interested to see where they go. Before we sort of do like an overall thoughts thing, there's a few other stuff I want to talk about with you first, and it ties into the whole kingpin of it all, and it ties into the whole of, I guess, what they're going to do with the future, which is Jack and Eleanor as characters are very intriguing to me because my opinion on them from two weeks ago has changed completely to where I am now. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think they're both the villain or doing sketchy shit, right? Is that where you is that where you've landed on it or no? No. No. I think Ellen is the villain and I think Jack's innocent. You know, that's, you know, that's also possible. That's also the kind of vibe I was getting as well. Because I think it's going to be one of those, it'd be like a funny comedic moment where she's like, but the butterscotch, she's like, yeah, I like butterscotch. My uncle works there. And she's like, and the sword. She's like, I'm, I like swords. I'm a swordsman. That'd be good. Like a little pun. Yeah. I, no, because Jack is too fucking sketchy for it to be. It's too obvious, you know? He's too obvious. And this week, I feel like there's a scene with Eleanor with the phone call, and then what Yelena happens to show up. Mm-hmm. I think she's definitely... And I, I, like, wouldn't it be pretty fucked up if you, like, if it flashed back to 2012 and she killed the dad during the, the struggle? Oh, God! I don't know if we'd go that far, but I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm down. It would kind of work because her dad in the comics is 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 kind of a villain, a little yeah. bit. Yeah, and she's like, "Oh, I'm free of this," but then the kingpin's like, "No, you got to work for me now." That'd be cool. And I, 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 I just think there's too much in it. I feel like Kate will be homeless in terms of like uh, emotionally, family wise, at the end, and Clint will be like. You're coming to Christmas with us. Come, come see back to the come back to the farm. Yeah, <laughs> and we're going to see them all together. Oh, he's going to invite Yelena, and Yelena's going to be like, "No, nah, but thanks." Like, <laughs> no, she's going to she's going to show up and go. This is real to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, that'd be cool if Yelena was there as well. Oh, what if Yelena meets Nathaniel? Oh, that God. would be heartbreaking. Oh my God. Because there's, there's probably like photos and stuff that he has of Natasha that she's never seen, and they're like to Natasha. I've um, just I've just broken my own heart. I need to stop. Um, my my I said this the other day. Uh, my ultimate like what the fuck ending is. I want it to be like Toy Story, <laughs> and you know the end of the first Toy Story. There's like the huh sort of ending. <laughs> I want it to be like that where Clint is finally relaxed. He's home with his kids and his wife. He's got his new best friend, Kate, there, and she's got somewhere to stay and is happy and loved. Because he, because uh, I know, we, regardless of what we think about Jerry Manor, like, I think we should separate it slightly in terms of, like, we're talking about the character a little bit. 
Clint Barton in the MCU is absolutely number one accidentally adopting kids. Yeah. Like he just he, he can't help it. Like with Wanda, like he's he he, he he like he never like he's never like the sexually like oh yeah I like her. It's always the like adoptive dad sort of thing. And I think what's really funny is that he like he's adopted Kate and he's like yep yeah, you're gonna live with us like for this like Christmas period. Um, we're gonna have a fun time. He's like finally. I'm calm, perfect, and it'd be great if you just hear like a. He's like, oh god damn it! Opens the door, and who's there? White Vision, and he's like, <laughs> I need help. <laughs> Sorry, you just that came out of complete fucking left field. Um, uh, that oh my god, Hawkeye post credit scene that's like, hey, I need to find Wanda. Just White Vision. He's like, I got my memory back. He's like. Vision, you're alive? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I need help, please. Help me. And that's, that's, what, that's, honestly, that's honestly what I've been thinking is probably going to be like a multiverse of madness post-credit is Vision just showing up at Wanda's door and being like, hi! With flowers. <laughs> yeah. And a trilby. God. Wanda and her two, like, grown children, she's probably going to get back uh, by the end. <laughs> He's got a pack of cigarettes. I'm back, kids. <laughs> Come so with cigarettes and scratchers. <laughs> You've sold me on this, though. That'd be so fucking funny. It's just Paul Bettany just shows up and is like, "Hi, I need help." <laughs> In my mind, it's like it's like emotionally damaging. That he's like he's like crying, like he's like he's like he's remembered who he is and he's got his body back and he needs to help Wanda but he can't find her and he needs help. No, but the straight absurdity of Vision showing up to Clint Barton's house and being oh, yeah. like, I can't find Wanda, help me. Like, like he's a wreck, but Hawkeye's like, God damn it, I want one day off. <laughs> he's like, okay. I'm actually, surpri- I'm actually surprised that, that they haven't referenced the WandaVision stuff. Like, even uh, like casually. Like, not like a scene of like Laura being like, I've been like checking, keeping tabs on Wanda or something. Because Clint does obviously very much care about her. I mean, it makes I mean, sense, but. I'm still yeah. unclear the timeline wise with the latest stuff, to be honest. Yeah, that's probably fair. <laughs> but, yes. Yeah, I. <laughs> that'd be great. Yeah, okay, um... That'd be really cool. Um... The other thing I was just saying, yeah, like I think Alana is the villain. I think Jack. It'd be really interesting if they do a season two of this show, mm-hmm. and a way that they could, they could um, a way that they could sort of um, retcon certain pieces is if like Jack is truly innocent, and he finds out about Eleanor and like, she's been using his name and stuff to bring him down and everything, and he's like upset. If they sort of take the thing from the comic and make that in season two where he helps train Kate. I know she's like, obviously she's very trained already. They've got like mm-hmm. awards and stuff. But we know that Jack's also like a, a sports. Yeah, like he's ridiculous with the swords. Mm-hmm. Like what if he, because we know in the comic swords, uh, Swordmaster helps train Clint. What if in this one he helps train Kate? That'd be cool. And like we get like a 180 of their relationship. Because they've both been wronged by the mum. Yeah, I just think, yeah, yeah, I'd be down for that. Yeah, I just yeah, I just think ultimately it's more interesting if 
they we've been brought down one road, and obviously the more, more emotional, heavy story would be that Eleanor's the bad guy. Yeah, no, and that would make I'm, again it would like track with like what the comics are about. You know? Exactly. Yeah, it's like but the whole money thing as well. Like maybe Kate has to start a new sort of thing. That'd be interesting as well. Yeah, because like one of the I liked I like Kate being like broke and not knowing what to do like that's why <laughs> i love for the west coast avengers run where she's just like trying to get the west coast avengers together that that was a criminally short run and there was jeff the land shark in it who is the best character in marvel comics thank you um better than frog hopper <laughs> i was like the team was like quentin Qu- quentin choir and and kate and clint and a couple of other people <laughs> It's like it's your shitty C list. Oh God, can you imagine they get like Emma Stone as Gwenpool? Oh, that would be amazing. It's never gonna happen, but I would no. be amazing. But yeah, it'd be cool to see Emma Stone as a Gwen Stacy though. Um, from Ghost Spider, I guess she's called now. Even though I, I don't like using that name, I don't know why. Yeah. I know that people are like, well, she was Spider Queen. That gives away her, her her name. I'm like, yeah, but also it's a comic book. Shut up. <laughs> um, the other thing I want to talk to you about is the whole watch element. Because I have yeah. a big theory about this that we've talked about on DMs, and I a want little to talk bit, about yeah, in detail. I like your theory because I didn't have one. I didn't. I was like, I don't know what this means. I guess I'm just gonna have to wait. But yeah, because my general assumption in episode one and two was that the fact that they said watch, I was like, oh, is that Tony Stark? Is that that the hand thing he has in Civil War? So my immediate thought was, oh, maybe they're setting up armor wars, and like people are like vying for Stark tech. And like we know this, like watch can turn into like an Iron Man hand. Maybe they can you know reverse engineer an Iron Man suit out of the watch. Um, but then I was looking at the actual watch. I was like, "Well, that's not the same watch from Civil War. Could just have he has loads of watches that happen to turn to Iron Man costumes. That'd be cool." Like, this is the Rolex Silver Centurion. Uh, but I was like, "No, that can't be it." And then this episode, or like, yeah, especially this episode, episode four, we have Laura Barton because in the series so far, she's been very like proactive and. Seems to know more than I expected. Like I, I think everyone just assumed that she was in the dark about the Ronin stuff, and then she's like straight up like, "Oh no, no, did you find that costume?" And then we're like, "Oh, yeah." She seems pretty okay with it. Like, not not, not okay as like, congratulations, you murdered people, but um, you know, she seems like she's on the same level as Clint. So everyone, like, I think, is on the same wavelength. So like, oh, she must have been an ex Shield agent, which makes the most sense. To me, at least, like you know, because the relationship between Nat and Hawkeye and uh, Laura, and then they did this thing in the episode where she talks Russian and she's like talking about how important it is to get the watch back. And then later on, Hawkeye says that um, it has he's a friend of his who has a secret identity and is undercover, and it would ruin their life. Yeah, like yeah. And then next to that is an information list about Hawkeye's family, which nobody else knows about. And I'm like, and I'm a big Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fan, by the way, so 
you know, I'm, I know why people were angry, why the show was trending this week, and I'll discuss that at some point in this episode as well. I think Laura's Bobby Morse. Once you said this, everything made so much sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I like this theory. And also, I think, y'all, I think it might be time to, to let go of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I don't think it's canon anymore. But it <laughs> like, is, though. Maybe it is. Maybe it's again. I think they're going to be doing stuff where it's like this. This stuff that's kind of tangentially related. Anything that's not a movie or a D plus show, I think there is a very solid chance that it's getting retconned. Um, it's. And, I think it's on the same level as the um, the Raimi films. It's a different universe. No, they- for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I think like like there's gonna be like the the MCU equivalent of of six sixteen, right? Like. Uh, and I don't think Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. happened in the Marvel 616 universe. No, it happened in the Proximate universe, yeah, where most of the stuff happened, and then at some point... That's that's the explanation we're going to get for them to retcon all this stuff, but I love the idea that she's Bobby Morris. Yeah, me too. I think it makes a lot of sense, and you know, we get to see... Linda Cardinelli should be a superhero, I think. (laughs) I just want to see her in Lever again. Is that a crime, Ash? Because <laughs> I want to commit. I... We went in two very different directions with that, but I respect it. Um... Look, I'm just saying. If someone can edit the Scooby-Doo footage from <laughs> down the stairs and put like a, a winged mask on and with two little sticks to hand. <laughs> please. That's my Photoshop project. <laughs> I think her being Bobby Morris would be a great, a great way to, to kind of tie that character in. Yeah, because bef- like when Joss Whedon introduced her, I'm sure he just thought she is a woman who Hawkeye had baby with. She don't know stuff. <laughs> and now it's like, no, she's fucking badass. She's Mo- Bobby Morris. She chose to settle down. She's feeding. She's feeding Clint info and knows how to speak Russian and yeah. How else would they have met other outside of Shield? You know. Yeah, I feel like he's not going to be like going to the pub and be like, "Hey, I stand up and watch people in the rain with an arrow." <laughs> I just, yeah, I think that makes the most sense in my mind. I feel like, oh shit, it's going to be Bobby Morse. It's going to be really cool. If you get like a flashback, that'd be pretty cool. Um, because obviously they're after her fam, the family now. Maybe she helps protect them a little bit. Um. I think it'd be really awesome. And uh, like, again, people are like, you, Feige hates Ains of Shield. I'm like, well, no, because one, he defended them, the fans. Two, the last season of Ains of Shield literally deals with the multiverse. Yeah, no, I think, I don't think they hate Agents of Shield. Like, I don't, but I do think that, like, anything that's, that they have moved on to a new period with the TV content that they're making. And I think that naturally some of that stuff is going to get retconned. Yeah, like in the same way that I feel like if they do introduce Daisy Johnson, it's 100% going to be Chloe Bennett. Yeah, no, for sure. Because why else would you introduce her? But but it's not, I don't think it's going to be the same Daisy from the show, you know? No. Um, and even, but, but with that Daisy, you could have it be the same one. With the whole multiverse stuff, like I feel like you yeah, could yeah, yeah, yeah. There's tons like... of th- there's tons of things you could do with that. I mean, now that we've like now that Loki is a thing, 
and the mainline Marvel movies and properties are dealing with the multiverse now, it's very easy to just explain that away. Very much so. And that's what's interesting about it. Like, especially we talked about some of the Doctor Strange stuff, the rumors about that. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think it's that surprising. And what if? You know? You can have fucking Hayley Atwell come out of nowhere. I'm sure you can get Chloe Bennett from another universe. Or like an LMD Coulson. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah, I'm excited to see where they go with that. Uh, overall, opinions on the show so far? I like it. I like it a lot. Um, I love street-level street level heroes, and I love Hawkeye and Kate Bishop, and this is a pretty faithful adaptation of all of those things. Yeah. For me, I think, like, everything I love from it aesthetically is pleasing. Uh, it feels very much like the perfect... MCU content in terms of like it feels straight like a comic book um, which is what I love about the Spider-Man films with John Watts is that they feel like a Spider-Man book um, and but the, the most surprising thing for me is the emotional weight of the of the show and how it delves into yeah. guilt and um, they actually address the Ronin thing that they people do. were mad about like and you know I actually really liked that Kate wasn't like like running around in the Rodin costume, it was just an accident. Yes, <laughs> like I think that on a, a like automatically alleviated a lot of my concerns. And like, Clint doesn't excuse himself either. Nope. And he, he, never, he never yeah. once he never once says it was a different time. I thought what I was doing was right. Like he's like, nope, I fucked up, mm-hmm. uh, and I really appreciate that. Yeah, I thought it was a really good idea. And and they clarify, of course, that it wasn't just <laughs> Asia that he was going to. And they clarify that he did his research beforehand, which... Also, like, the main... The main... Dra- like, drama of the show is Clint having to deal with the repercussions of his bad decisions. Exactly. And that drama, baby! Um... And also, like, you know, like, the scene with Echo's dad is really sad. But also, that's what's interesting about the show, is that you can be conflicting. You can be, like, uh, doing good things. But also, work for the kingpin (laughs) of crime, uh, which isn't good, um, you know? Uh, It reminds me a lot of that Austin Powers skit, you know, when it's the henchman's family. Have you ever seen that? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. When they ring back, and it's like, your stepdad was, uh, <laughs> killed. <laughs> like, it's like a James Bond. It's like, yeah, man. Because you never see the family of these people. Um, we, we do because of, you know, the nature of the show. But also, we don't necessarily know that, you know, we don't necessarily know the full details around Echo's dad's death. Like, maybe Kingpin faked it. You don't necessarily know the whole thing. Like he hasn't strap said why. Also, we that... know that they work with Kingpin, and Kingpin yeah. has done the things that we've seen. Kingpin has done some unquestionably fucked up things. And let's just say, like, so it's I guess it's, mafia. It's more nuanced. You know? Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. You got to think about those whole details. I do think there will be a little bit of a twist at some point because I don't know how Echo changes what she's up to. Um, I imagine that's going to be in the Echo show. Interesting. You don't think they'll delve into it at all in this one? I don't think so. I think maybe she'll see Kingpin do something fucked up. 
and maybe like start to think that maybe she's in the wrong on the wrong side of things. But I think the Echo show, especially if the rumors about Daredevil being in it are true, which at this point they probably are, um, I think the Echo show will probably be more about her, you know, becoming a superhero and maybe I, stepping away from Fisk. I really hope that season two of Hawkeye is just six, it's six episodes, right, of the first season. Mm-hmm. I hope season two is six episodes of just straight up. Uh, Clint Barton and Bullseye fighting each other using just throwing just things normal shit. Yeah. Pencils. Yeah. <laughs> Curtains. I'm it's down just, for that. It's just like flicking shit at people. Um, the other thing I'm interested in as well, like you're saying about because we have the Kingpin, um, interested to see that. I would really like it if they utilize because we know the multiverse is in the MCU now. Mm-hmm. We need to have a good backstory for the Kingpin if they're going to reintroduce him. I think they should use the one from Spider Verse, where he's going through all the dimensions. He's doing all this horrendous extra shit now to go through all the dimensions to get his family back. Except from in the MCU version. Instead of his family, he wants to get his family back. I wants- saw your fucking tweet. <laughs> <He wants> I- <laughs> ah! You killed my friend. That's where I feel like we need to call it for this evening. Um, and how dare you? <laughs> no, but uh, that's a good point. Um, very yeah, very interesting to see where we go with that. Before we do head off, though, I'm going to do a little section now. Um, well, actually, what I'll do is I'll I'll wrap up, and then we'll dive into a little section that I'm introducing to the show. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, Ash, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Ash Jeffies, uh, and you can listen to my. You can find both of my podcasts, my other podcasts there, which is uh, OS Team, which is a podcast about video game music, and I also do a, a Star Wars book club podcast called Rogue Podron. Perfect. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at CMWASHBY and on Instagram at CharlieMWAshby. I host the Imperial Net podcast, a quirky Star Wars podcast, which you can find on all podcasting platforms as well as on Twitter at ImpsNetPod. You can support me on Patreon and Kofi with links to those found on the link in my Twitter bio. Alright, let's delve into a little section I'm going to call... Hmm, I didn't actually come up with a title for this, but... Uh... The spoiler zone. Fuck it. The spoiler zone? Yes. Have you had any spoilers? <laughs> the one, I mean, the one main one that I saw was a couple weeks ago where there's a full, a whole ass picture of Daredevil sitting at a table with <laughs> Happy May and Peter and then like a picture of Toby, Andrew, and Tom all standing together. That is true. But we did see that one. Um, I'll, I don't want to go through the stuff that I've heard about. What was that? Do you want to see that? Would you like me to talk about the stuff I've heard about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, of course. I'm always down for some spoilers. Okay, cool. Right. So, let me just try and find the info that I had. 
So first of all, Daredevil will reportedly be in She-Hulk. And when really? he does, he'll have his yellow costume on. See, I need that in my life. <laughs> You're like, that's uh, that's a need. That's, you know, hi, uh, <laughs> in my hierarchy of needs, yellow suit Daredevil is... <laughs> I love the yellow costume. I think the yellow costume is great. Yeah, I, I love it too. And I'm really excited. Um, images of Scarlet Witch's costume test from um, Doctor Strange 2. Oh, leaked. I did see that. Yeah, somebody sent that to me. Uh, and also, I think a Lego box set leaked as well with the image on, which is pretty cool. She looks great. She looks absolutely fantastic. Let me just find a few more. I will edit this, don't worry. This is really cool my head when I planned it the other day. <laughs> it's all good. We've got someone we've got an ISP listener on a on our um on our Discord whose uncle is the bro guy from Hawkeye. One of the tracksuit mafia. That's cool. It's like apparently he practices that in the mirror all day, like just saying bro, bro, hey bro. <laughs> oh my god, this is annoying me now. Yeah, I had all the info up the Oh yeah, uh, that was the big thing. Um, yeah, so the other thing we're going to talk about is Zendaya said that um, Spider-Man No Way Home was originally going to be a Craven movie because they didn't know if the MCU stuff could have worked out. Oh yeah, I saw I saw somebody talking about that the other day. That would have been cool. I need Pedro Pascal as Craven the Hunter. That's just but they've already cast fucking Quicksilver. Yeah, I know. I... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how the fuck they didn't know. What a choice. What a choice. Uh, the other thing, uh, so Hawkeye has one scene in the film, uh, Spider-Man. Hawkeye, the Daredevil, uh, has one scene in the film. And the other thing, the big thing I had was, there is a special villain in Ant-Man 3. That's not Kang. Well, Kang is the villain in it, but there's also another villain. Who? Who is it? Well, we found out 
an actor was coming back. But apparently he's going to be turned into a new character. Okay. So Corey Stoll is back, right? Yeah. He's going to be Modoc. I'm sorry! Sorry, what? <laughs> you have me. It's <laughs> <laughs> why they're funny. He's always big headed. Just the fact that it's Modoc. I don't. I've never really cared for Modoc. I'll say that here. I'll say that now. Neither have I. I don't care for Modoc. I always thought it was a weird, silly character. But I love AIM. Um, please don't cut that out. <laughs> please don't. Oh, when the aim becomes real, I don't want to be like associated. But I love the organization in the comics, yeah. the big beekeeper heads and everything. I'd love to see them in it. And I do like the idea of Yellow Jacket not just dying and becoming another villain. It's really interesting to me. Someone yeah. said, "Oh, maybe the Loki head from Loki." It's like a nod with the big fucking head. Uh, I just, just the, just the thing that made me laugh is just thinking about what a live-action MODOK is going to look like. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That was... that That's the thing that, like, breaks my brain a little bit. I'm sure they'll find a way. But, yeah. Yeah, oh god. That's... I'm down for it. I'm down for Scott Lang talking to MODOK. That's what I need in my life. You know? I just can imagine Scott Lang fucking talking to a giant head. It makes sense, I guess. Like, if the properties of the pin particles or the the replicated ones fucked with his body. Yeah, because we we don't know that he, like, died, right? No, he just shrunk. And maybe the the way he tried to fix himself to get out messed him up. He's like, well, I fixed most of my body, but my head's giant. I just have a giant head. And we don't aim exists. Because of Helium. So. Yeah, because of Iron Man 3. Yeah, I'm fine with that. That's cool. I can live with Modoc. Yeah, very cool stuff to see. Um, I'm just looking at my text right now before we wrap up. I got sent uh, <laughs> a message from my good friend, Reed, who has sent me a meme of... Uh, it says, When Harry Osborne's butler knows his father killed himself, but decided not to say anything. And then it's a picture of Thanos from Infinity War, <laughs> where he's talking to Gamora... They photoshop Bernard's face on him, and it's reality can be whatever I want. <laughs> Your father's glider made those marks. It's like, where the fuck were you like two years ago when fucking Harry Osborne was staring at a balcony? Right, I think that's all we've got time for this week. Um, I think so, yeah. Do you think we should fuck off? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go eat something, so yes. Um, okay, well, we'll be back next time for another episode of Pondivision and to discuss all of the um, marvelous bow and arrow stories that we come to expect in the future. But until then, let's all make ours marvel. See ya! <laughs>